You are listening to Worldwide Engineering. Worldwide Engineering. Worldwide Engineering. Worldwide Engineering. How's it going, Worldwide Engineers? Welcome to today's podcast episode. My name is Leon, founder and CEO of Worldwide Engineering. On today's episode, you're going to be listening to a conversation I had with Sas Peraz, the founder of ISUN Energy, who's previously been on this podcast, by the way, and Michael D'Amato, the chief strategy officer at ISUN Energy. We're going to be talking about the strategic acquisition of ISUN Energy by the PEC company and what does this mean for the future of the solar energy industry. Let us know what you thought of this episode by sending us a DM on Instagram or by screenshotting the podcast and posting it on your Instagram stories. We read and answer all DMs on Instagram, so don't hesitate to get in touch with us. All right, with that said, I'll see you on the other side. So, uh, Sas and Michael, you recently had a really positive announcement, something really, a recent acquisition of the pet company acquiring Isan Energy. So before we dive into the more technical aspect of this um, merger, I was wondering, could you both please give us a very brief background over you know, your background and what are your current positions so that the audience can get familiar with you? Mike, you want to go ahead? Sure, sure. Well, look, it's, a, it's an engineering-based podcast, so I'll, I'll, I'll let you know. I'm also trained as an engineer. I studied uh, mechanical engineering, biomedical engineering, and at the time wrapped in the business school to link up entrepreneurship before it became this in vogue thing to do. So that set me up in an interesting path to explore all sorts of product development, early stage companies, uh, all things like that. And, um, you know, a, a lot of that is you, you gain a huge respect for how hard it is to take early stage technologies out of the idea phase and move them into the manufacturing production and then sell them into the market and then market them successfully. So there's, there's a, a, an enormous amount of effort. Um, and I was focused more on the very early stage. I mean, nascent technologies, things that didn't have a hope or a prayer. Uh, but you know, if you have a belief and, and energy, you can move them. Uh, more recently, I decided to use those skills to work with uh, the PEC company because they were going through their transition as the largest solar contractor in Vermont. Uh, they built up a year, 50 years worth of experience to gain that expertise and that title, and they're ready for a transition. And so I came in with some of the background that I had uh, and helped organize uh, a transfer from their business to the public markets last year so that they could expand outside of the state, across the country, really take advantage of the transformation that's happening in the renewable energy space. So their main core business is as electrical contractors to build the solar assets that are on the ground. These are the solar panels that are providing clean energy to power our homes um, and hopefully save our planet. And there's a lot to do. And so we spent the past year and a half focusing on what do we need to do to prepare the company as a platform in the industry so that we can start growing, start uh, moving into new areas uh, and expand. And so one of the target areas for the company is mergers and acquisitions. Uh, and I reached out to SAS, uh, I think very recently back in November, uh, because it was exploring how we could take our skill set to deliver products in the ground um, and move into the electric vehicle space, 
uh, supporting that infrastructure, supporting kind of new innovations in the industry. Uh, SAS impressed me and we started a dialogue and here we are today. So the idea is to expand into these new areas from a platform that we built over 50 years. SAS, is there anything you'd like to add to this? Well, I mean, uh, you know, M Michael's an engineer. I'm what I call a wannabe engineer, you know, without the degree and the depth of detail of the learning. But I just want to show you something, um, which is the very first solar product I ever sold. Oh, it's that's amazing. It's a solar powered ventilator. <laughs> so this used to go on wow. the side of a car and suck <laughs> up hot air when it was parked in the middle of summer. And that was back in 1988. Um, in, two in 1999, I bought the original iMac. Remember that blue machine, right? And I'm sitting in front of it one day and I looked at it and I went, iSun. And it just like came straight out and everyone went, wow, this is amazing brand. And so we, we registered the brand back then and started marketing products. Um, it's been an incredible journey from off-grid to grid. Really, I spent the first 21 years of my career doing off-grid. So all the kinds of stuff that powers, you know, RVs and boats and cabins, uh, portable devices, GPSs, phones, um, camping. And that was where we were, I was focused on. And then when GM approached me in 2010, I moved over to the grid side. And not only the grid side, but immediately into the solar carport and EV charging space. I mean, back then it was very very primal technology charging was like 10 miles an hour, not even, and it was, it was very slow. Um, and the solar panels are not as efficient as they are today. So it's been a wonderful ride to where we come today, where we're recognized for our value by a company such as Peck uh, and a great team under Jeff Peck's leadership. Mike has been just as outstanding in terms of the process of getting to close, which we're not at, but we have said in our press release, we would be by the end of January. And so being part of a bigger team now with greater resources and greater ability to deploy, I think that's the one thing that I've really admired and what I've learned about Peck is their ability to deploy is flawless. They are very, very careful to do it right the first time. And that's gonna come to bear on all of I ISUN, I'll call it ISUN's current clients and prospects which are accumulating every day. So I think it's really a, a great marriage. We're being acquired, just to be clear, it's not a merger, it's an acquisition. And I mean, they've announced that the iSun name will be the ticker on NASDAQ. So you have to imagine, starting back from when I was sitting in front of the iMac, to now get to the place where iSun is, becomes a legacy, right? And I'll be around for at least five years. But the point being that we now get to share this with the rest of the world is just a phenomenal feeling for me and the team. So Sasa, I think this could be interesting. What was your feeling when you were first approached by Michael and the executive team from Peck regarding a potential acquisition? Was that in the back of your mind working on ISON over the years? Were you building it with the potential uh, opportunity to sell it in the future? Or was that something you wanted to continue growing? So I think every young, um, not young, every entrepreneur thinks of what their exit's going to be. I don't qualify. I'm 60 years old, but you can qualify me as young if you want. Um, and everyone thinks of, okay, where does this go beyond me, right? Uh, when Mike approached me, it was interesting. It was a happenstance that there was another approach within days. 
And I really had to dig deep into myself to understand which organization I want to be a part of. Because for me, it's about people, right? People deliver experiences, right? Machines are machines and everything, but it's who you're going to work with every day and how you're going to relate and how your customers are going to benefit from this and your shareholders and your vendors and your team. So I looked at both and I think Mike, it's fair to say Mike had a big part in it because he really represents the culture of Peck very well, uh, down to earth, solid, driven, right? Performance oriented, but also very caring of the community in terms of how people work together, in terms of who we hire, right? Local help to get local jobs done. And in terms of sustainability, because at the end of the day, we are driving sustainability through everything that we do. So that's what impressed me really. And I just, you know, at some point uh, just before New Year's, I had to make a choice. And I am every day enjoying that choice more and more because of what I'm discovering through this process. So Michael, can you tell us a bit more about the strategic long-term vision you had with acquiring ISON? Because Spec is a leader in the solar space, construction, procurement, and engineering. So what was the strategic approach with acquiring ISON who creates basically innovative products in the EV and solar space? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's, it's, it's pretty important. You know, there's... There's a, a dynamic when you're constructing and uh, being an EPC that I think over a period of time, everybody is trying to get the, the, the lowest cost product, uh, the short amount of, amount of time, the lowest risk. I mean, all of these things that are part of our world every day when we try to build proje- projects um, are things that we're really good at, things that we've earned credibility uh, because we deliver, we deliver on time, we deliver quality, uh, our customers keep coming back again and again and again. Um, but if we're thinking about, let's say, we, you know, the next 50 years, you, there's a, uh, you know, just like solar panel construction and solar panel costs to install have decreased over the past number of years, right? Part of that decrease is not just because of the component costs, but it's also because of um, the other costs associated with uh, constructing. And that comes down in the form of margin, right? Ultimately margin for the company. And so you can see that over a period of time, that margin will wind up decreasing and decreasing over time if we're not very strategic about how we find ways to increase it. So there's things you can do from the corporate side to buy smart, right? Buy in bulk from certain areas and leverage your ability to buy larger amounts of material and reduce your costs that way. That has a limit as well. We can be really efficient on jobs. We can take less time to do them because we uh, have processes built in place um, to deliver results in a, in a very methodical way, shorten the time frame, lower the cost that way. But if you think about long-term, we also see that we need to participate in other parts of the industry. And while the EV industry is still nascent and budding, right? There's lots of interest around it. Uh, we wanted to find a way to step into that area, which was first and foremost kind of the reason why we 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 sought out um, uh, uh, the ISUN brand is because of their presence in that space. We recognized the value of having that product line 
from a margin point of view at, at first, that, that made a lot of sense. And then the second part of that is, it, you know, we've been a 50 year family business and this is really a conversation and kind of a, a soul searching uh, requirement of the ego to be tame where you have Peck, right? The owner with his family name on the business who sees the larger vision beyond himself and recognizes that there is a branding opportunity in the market as iSun that can then speak to a larger community, right? People can resonate with that, with that brand. And we saw the value of that brand as a way to communicate kind of an, an, these new technologies to the market while still bringing our capability to deliver them in a solid, profitable way. So I think those two things came together Strategy is really about growth, long-term growth for the company. And these were ways we could, we saw we could do it. So from the way you see it, you see for the solar industry or EV, the moving forward, the most margins are going to be made in mostly innovation. So for example, products, innovative products like ISUN designs, like solar carports, for example, compared to more commodity products like, you know, typical solar panels, which you're competing with on a bigger market with different manufacturers. And that's where you start competing on, for example, material and efficiency of labor and all those things. So what you're saying is that the highest margin moving forward will come from, you know, those more innovative products that go beyond typical solar. Yeah, and I think the punchline to that is that you are you're providing additional value, right? If everybody can get the solar panels and then all you can do, it's a commodity and all you can do is, you know, compete for that next one cent or half a cent mm -hmm. so you can get that sale. There's not a lot of value in that. But when you can offer a unique experience to a customer, right, that now starts to speak a new language about value and what are they getting for that experience? And I think that's where where SAS can come in with a lot of the dialogue he's been having with his customers for a long time. Yeah, that could actually be super interesting because my follow-up question was, what were some of the strategic approaches you're going to be taking for the next five to 10 years um, with perhaps iSun um, in terms of their new product rollout? So what is it that you're looking for? Are you going to continue looking at solar carports, offering those products, or are you also planning to develop new products for the same industry? Well, we're, we're a public company, so we always have to be careful about what we share, when and how, make sure everybody gets all the information all at the same time. So I can't go into details like that, but I will say that we are continuing an approach uh, through growing our own organic business, through doing M&A, ISUN and other technologies and new businesses uh, related to expanding our footprint as a solar con uh, contractor, um, owning more assets ourselves, all of these things we've talked about publicly and I can share with you the, the idea that we wanna grow in all of those areas. So we'll see what products come out next, but certainly the direction that we're going uh, is, is broadening. I feel you, I wanna say something, Sas. Well, I think to, to what Mike has said, I want to add that, you know, one of the things that we bring to energy is an ecosystem approach, right? Energy used to be like a train from one end to the next end, right? It was unidirectional. But today, energy is more like, I call it a symphonic orchestra. 
because you have a whole bunch of assets that work with the grid, without the grid to provide that energy. So technologies such as vehicle to grid where the electric vehicle's battery is able to send energy to a home, to a building or to the grid when it's needed, right? And so you think of energy now as no longer unidirectional. It has to be stored, it has to be generated and it has to be used. And so filling in that triangle, well, there are a lot of technology opportunities that come into play and using the skill set of PEC, which is installing like nobody's business. They're great at doing that. And then taking this expanded team to drive these innovative technologies gives us like exponentially greater opportunities. And being careful to what Mike said about being a public company or soon part of a public company, we're gonna be very careful about our intent of new technologies, but you know me well enough to know that you can bet on it. I do, I would. Michael, you've mentioned that you've been in the solar industry for a few years now with Beck. How, has you, how have you seen the industry shift beyond the, just the cost of products and all those things? How have you seen the adoption of solar? Have you seen a growth more on the commercial or on the more residential side of things? Uh, honestly, it's across the board. I mean, if you look at the industry reports, it, it is all, all growing. Uh, our focus has traditionally been on the commercial and industrial scale up to the smaller utility scale. Um, that, that's been our, our, our main world. And you know, from, from us, what, what, what was unique, if you think about this past experience from COVID, right, it hit, hit a lot of people, hit a lot of businesses. And one of the things that we're, we're proud of and we feel like the solar industry has an enormous amount of re resilience because of is that the, the, the contracts that we had in place before COVID and then moving through COVID, not one of them were canceled. Yes, there were delays because people couldn't be on the field to construct. Yes, companies had to pause and, and you know, restart later, but nothing was canceled. In, in a retail business, for example, you lose a day of selling, that, that's gone, right? You don't get that back. But it seems like the solar industry not only is growing, but is also resilient in that kind of way. That's interesting. And would you see, if you could forecast the continue the growth of the industry, would you see after 2020, would you see an acceleration of this growth? So did 2020 trigger an acceleration of the growth of solar or did it kind of just uh, didn't, impacted very much? Well, I think there's going to be a lot of catalytic events here. I think Biden is going to be very, very uh, potent for the solar industry, right? Solar industry, EV industry, all renewable type um, uh, verticals. Uh, I, I think that you have a lot of pent up um, requirements from states that are increasing um, their goals or getting closer to their renewable standard goals that they need to serve that need. And so I think as every year, I think we're going to see an acceleration as we try to meet those performance goals for increasing the amount of renewable energy that's used. Um, that, that's our anticipation and we'll ha all have to see what happens. But look, it's clear that this is the way to uh, help our planet. This is the way that it's a profitable way to do something good for our planet, right? We talk about triple bottom line as being important. Uh, it seems like the solar industry and its peripheral industries are really in the right spot at the right time. 
What challenges do you foresee for this growth? Um, you know, as always, whenever you grow, uh, you know, pe people find discomfort in growth often, right? Mm -hmm. Change sometimes is very hard. So I think to be perceptive and empathetic about what changes are going to occur no matter what, um, help those through those changes, uh, you know, as, as swiftly and uh, compassionately as possible. And for the people who don't have any issue with change, you know, have them continue to push the frontier so that we keep moving things forward. So changing change is, is always a challenge, uh, I would say. Um, I, you know, and then the other is whenever we're out there, one of the biggest things, if you ask, you know, a company and, and our CEO, what, what keeps them up at night, it's, you know, it's just making sure that if we're out there, we're building stuff, we're keeping everybody safe. I mean, that, that's kind of the biggest uh, thing from a day-to-day -day point of view to, to keep operational, keep things moving uh, safely and quickly, uh, make sure that everybody comes out in the end stronger. That's amazing. And maybe this is something uh, SAS could jump on. Um, what are some of the te emerging technologies you're looking into, into for the coming years, something that you could see uh, being applied inside of your industry? I know this is something you're personally really passionate about, and we've talked about this a few times. So just to come back and, and, and um, confirm what Mike was saying, the EPC business, engineering, procurement, construction, is very much about efficiency and effectiveness of delivery, right? What I want to do is help us all think beyond the barrel. We actually have that hashtag, think beyond the barrel. Because the barrel of oil, right, is a measure of energy. The watt and jewel is a measure of energy. I want to get people to think about the experience. So, for example, every time we build a solar farm, the amount of carbon that we're saving or the amount of homes that could be powered or the number of miles that could be driven are gonna be key metrics that we deliver. So part of the innovation is gonna come from gathering information across all of our projects, whether it's a bench or a 10 megawatt solar farm, and then accumulating all of the good that we're doing so that people can begin to get engaged. You know, you inspire people, they want a piece of it. They want to know what they can do. And we've always talked about our energy hubs, you know, slash carports as places of learning. So that's why we focused on schools and very public places so that people see it and they ask, what is that? And just that sparks a conversation. So I think what the contribution of technology can be to this area is novel ways to do things in a responsible renewable, sustainable manner that spark conversation, that spark learning. We talk about a subject like environmental justice, and that's very dear to me. You know, low medium income communities that don't always have access to these kinds of advanced technologies. And I intend to drive our involvement in that in partnership with governments that I know under the Biden administration are gonna be supported so that we bring these technologies to the youth of the community and to others and enable them to participate in this clean energy movement. And as we do that, our brand will be the brand of experience. That's why it's in my title, that people who think of iSun wanna know more. Right. And, and so that cost per watt factor is important, but in looking for new technologies, it's what's gonna drive the desire to participate. 
So our smart solar benches by themselves would just be a, a mobile phone charging device, excuse me. But when you combine them with uh, Wi-Fi portals and advertising potential revenues, you now mix up the model a little bit. And so you're still talking sustainability and wirelessness, but everything, but now you're bringing in novel ways for people to engage. So anytime you wanna charge your phone, you gotta log in. When you log in, you'll see a brand sponsorship brought to you by Universal, brought to you by Coca-Cola. Just pick the names here, right? And that gets those brands engaged in the sustainability movement. So the way I see my job is gather, herd people into this and make the name iSun the one they want to work with. I absolutely love this. I think this this would act as a great closing uh, closing remark. Is there anything else you both would like to add in terms of um, maybe announcements or just letting people know where they can learn more about PEC or ISON or both? Um, go ahead, Mike. Well, the uh, our, our ticker symbol is uh, currently PECK. Uh, at closing, it will convert to ISUN. It'll be found on NASDAQ. Uh, all the information that we come out with will always be press released and everybody will be able to find it out on the web. So uh, keep looking and, and uh, paying attention and we will hope to continue to um, be exceptional for you guys in the future here. I love this. When can we expect the ticker symbol to change names? At the closing of the merger. Right. Yeah. Which we announced would be by the end of January. Awesome. Perfect. Sas, again, thank you for being here. Michael, it was an absolute pleasure meeting you. Likewise. Thank you. You're welcome. Thank you.